Is the coronavirus a pandemic or a scamdemic? At this point, it's still hard to say. But in spite of this unprecedented shutdown of our economy, blockchain soldiers on. And Tim Draper says that this moment in history could be Bitcoin's time to shine. So many stories, so little time. So let's just jump right in for our bad news episode number 393 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. And greetings to our fellow quarantined citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. The good thing about being a virtual citizen is you can virtually quarantine from anywhere you want. This is the Bad Crypto Podcast. Joel Com alongside my compadre, Senior Travis Wright. Yeah, nice. That was was that maybe the shortest teaser? You, maybe that was the baddest teaser you've ever written. I just I wanted us to get right into it, and that's why there wasn't even a pause between the episode and the show title. It's like boom, we're just getting right into it, and we're getting right into our sponsor. I Chris noticed that. that was good. I'm, I'm moving. <laughs> You're moving. You okay. I'm let you go. I'm let you go. Go. You go. Keep up. Crypto Tax Audits, the annual membership service that provides audit defense for crypto taxpayers. It's designed for your needs. They've got you in mind. So if you get an IRS letter about your crypto transactions, you're going to want crypto tax law experts fast. And this membership is the protection plan against the huge expense of defending yourself. This is good stuff, gang. Go to CryptoTaxAudit.com. Start protecting yourself today. Members will receive priority defense against the IRS. CryptoTaxAudit.com. That was great. And there's our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today, folks. Uh, Stay bad. Stay bad. (laughs) Just kidding, folks. Timestamp on the 10th of uh, September. What? (laughs) Wow. The, the 10th of April, 2020, 2.45 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, CoinGecko.com, market cap for all cryptos, $197 billion. Bitcoin at 69.10, Ethereum 158, XRP 19 cents, Tether a dollar even, Bitcoin Cash 234, Bitcoin SV 189, Litecoin 42.38, EOS 250, Binance Coin almost $14, and rounding out the top 10 again is Tezos, $1.93. It seems like OKB and Tezos kind of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Back and forth. Yeah, there's been some really big moves. Well, a couple of big moves and a few small moves, but there has been some some decent action this week in the crypto land. Uh, the the biggest one out of the top hundred is this company called Tokenize Exchange (TKX) up one hundred and eighty eight percent. That's is it, is it new though? Is it is it a brand new token? I, I never heard of it actually. First time we've ever seen it. But what happened was it went boom and then phew. so I don't know. It did have it did it does have a market cap of 50 million it is has about 2 2 million dollars in in uh 24 hour volume yeah. the, next, the next big one are you want to talk some about that well it looks like it's been around since around the second week in february hovering around uh 40 to 50 cents and then it went under 20 during the the bomb and then it seems like on april 3rd it just it jumped way the frick up that's and I don't know what happened. Volume was definitely higher. And I don't know what it is, although, although I would imagine it's an exchange. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, in the last seven days, it's gone up 188%. Last 14 days, it's been up 235%. So that's a pretty good pretty good gain over the course of these last two weeks. Also, Chainlink up 41% this past week. 
which was nice. If you are holding a little bit of that, uh, Seal, not the not the singer, and or, not or, or, and not or, that kind or, of Seal. S E E L E, not the the mattress. Isn't there a mattress company something like that? Seely. Oh, that's Seely. Yeah, yeah. They're about thirty one percent. Digibyte, which we we big fans of. We like those guys who created that. We've interviewed him. CEO or the creator of that. It's about 26%. Digitex, actually up about 19%. Bitcoin Gold, up 18%. That's funny to me. And uh, that's that's about all. The, I guess Tezos up 16%. Stellar up 15%. Cosmos up 15%. Speaking of gold, Mr. Travis Wright, I've uh, been alluding to this every week that you know we've been talking about what's happened ever since the crypto crash. Of course, as of this recording, the markets are closed today because it's Good Friday. But gold closed at $1,685.60 yesterday, putting it at its, um, its highest point since the crash. In fact, that uh, 1685 was about as high as gold got. So if you were looking for a safe haven, uh, Peter Schiff is, uh, is doing a jig right now because if you had put your money in gold before the market crashed, you would be exactly where you are before it happened. Mm-hmm. Well, it's always been a safe haven. And, and realistically, gold and silver are both vastly underpriced due to all of the paper gold and paper silver certificates that are out there are just like kind of like stocks, but they're traded with the COMEX. And it's like you can trade and buy gold, but it's actually just paper gold. Remember, we've talked about that several times. It, but silver's not there yet, Travis. Silver, silver should be. It always silver it, should be. Silver yeah. peaked out about $18.60 and it's only recovered to 1540. So it, it's it's definitely a lagging indicator. Well, I tell you historically it's always been 116th the price of gold historically except in the past 40 years or whatever since the since gold was decoupled from the US dollar that 16 to 1 ratio has been decoupled but that wow. 16 to 1 coupling lasted like a couple thousand years like Dude, it was that, all- that would be 105 dollars an ounce of silver right now if it was 16 to 1 yeah which is what it should be that's what it's always been except uh, now because of the there's never been fake paper gold out in the markets that's manipulating stuff so really i think the prices of both of those should be way higher than it is uh but you know we're not financial advisors and our name is not peter schiff and, and what do we know? Over to our friends at Cointelegraph.com for this week's big stories. Of course, this episode, the weekly news episode, is shared on Cointelegraph each week, and we appreciate that being the world's most read crypto and blockchain publication. So congratulations to them for overtaking Coindesk and uh, becoming the most read. Also, it's a more attractive site as far as I'm concerned. Wait, wait. So it has more more traffic, more visitors, more. Uh, that's according to uh, Alexa. No, not the one that everybody's just went. Yes, what can I do for you? The dot com site that's owned by Amazon that where you can type in a website and see their um, where a site ranks in global internet engagement. And Cointelegraph is number twenty two hundred fourteen, whereas CoinDesk is number fifty one forty five. So I'm not sure what they mean by engagement, but they're ranking sites by 90 day trends. And apparently Cointelegraph would seem to get more traffic as a result. Anyway, that's awesome. And they are our media partner for virtual blockchain week. If you have not registered for that, it's free, folks. 
And there is some really cool VIP stuff that's going on with this. That you're going to want to be a part of uh, reward on the street is Mr. Joe Khan. We may be getting together a, a bad crypto membership thing. Yep. Other stuff going on. Yep. So- if you guys haven't registered yet, register. And the VIP is still just $97. It's going to go up. Um, so just go ahead and do it now. Go to virtual blockchain week. Com. Anyhow, back to the story on Cointelegraph. Roger Ver trashes Bitcoin.com coronavirus layoff claims as more Bcash FUD. What happened? Well, so they laid off 50% of its workforce. And what, he labeled the claims as more Bcash FUD? I mean, there's a lot of people around the world laying off people right now. I mean, this is not... This is not a surprise. I mean, revenues are down, sponsors are down, people aren't paying their existing bills because they have no money. There's no, you know, craziness. This is actually really interesting, Travis. I didn't know this in the story here, but Stefan Russ, who's their CEO, is leaving and taking over is their COO, Mate Toke, who's been on the show. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. As we've said, he's Toke with us. That's your joke. Yeah, so they're, they're, as I said, it's roller coaster times. Roger is looking at a leaner, more guerrilla type team. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. And they also, he also said something about the, uh, the reward having, the block reward having is a non-event due to, I guess, because of the craziness that's going on. The last two times, basically nothing happened at all. It was a non-event. It wasn't exciting as all at all. And that's my prediction of what's going to happen this time as well. But we're just a couple days away. So tune, stay tuned to see what happens. But actually, we're about a month away from, Bitcoin, I guess they're talking about the uh, Bitcoin cash happening. Yeah, in fact, the Bitcoin clock, Mr. Travis Wright, is now moved forward four days. It was May 15th last time we looked. It's now May 11th, 2020, mm-hmm. which puts us 30 days, 15 hours and 38 minutes away from the having. <laughs> this would be the perfect day, you know, because it's like halfway between your birthday and my birthday. Yeah. May 11th is would be perfect. It's the birthday having. It's the birthday having. Yeah, that's great. Perfect to celebrate. I like that. Sorry it's, to step over you with the words, but uh, that's okay. It, it's going to be upon us really soon. I, and I don't know why we care what Jamie Dimon says, but you know, he he is definitely a voice in the financial sector. Of course, Jamie Dimon is the CEO and chairman of JP Morgan, and he is saying the two trillion dollar stimulus is great, but he's also saying a great recession is coming. Well, here's the thing. $2 trillion of stimulus is coming, but it's to all the people who have no jobs. So it's like money they would maybe normally already have that now they don't have. And it's it's crazy. I got to I got to share this with you because I got you got friends all over the world. One of my friends in Russia, she went to the store yesterday. She's in Moscow, went to the store in the evening on her way home. Two dudes jumped her, beat her up, pushed her into a fence and stole all of her stuff. And I think that's that's part of the problem. It's a horrible deal, but that's going to start happening more and more all over the world as those who have run out of options and run out of things to you know to, to, to help provide for them, and they don't they run out of supplies. Well, some people turn to nefarious means and take other people's supplies. So you guys need to be careful out there. In fact, there I saw a video earlier today, I think on Twitter, of two guys in Arlington Heights, Illinois, not far from where I grew up, suburbs. Uh, went to a door in their ring camera caught these two guys at the door with their mask well they opened the door they broke in and um, one guy yelled for the daughter to call the police and this dude was in there with a gun threatening the family but the dude 
chased the one of the other ones outside and was beating the crap out of him. It was like a 30-something and a 50-something-year-old guy. Anyway, somebody in the family got a, a gun, and one of them was shot and killed in the home, mm. right? And the other dude was arrested, and there's a mugshot of him not looking happy because he's a freaking idiot. So, so they took the guy – they took the robber – they somehow got the robber's gun? No, they had their own gun. Oh, they had their own yeah. gun in Illinois, so maybe they're going to get in trouble – because they have their own gun, because it's illegal I don't think in it's Illinois. Good. I don't think it's illegal to have a gun. I think it's in Chicago. I know it's uh, something. There's some laws it's there. A suburb. Oh, okay. Suburb, but be careful uh, anyway, out there, yeah. folks. I mean, not, it's not just the virus that we got to worry about. It's human nature and people who have nothing left to lose. They've lost their jobs. Soon, we're going to start seeing. You know, electricity getting shut off and phone bills shut off. And well, don't I be mean, scaring it, everybody. Trump. I'm not. I'm just saying, be careful because there's people out there who could. Do some yeah. crazy, dangerous things and be alert, be alert, be, alert. be aware for sure. Jamie Diamond says we don't know exactly what the future will hold, but at a minimum, we assume that it will include a bad recession combined with some kind of financial stress similar to the global financial crisis of 2008. Brilliant, Sherlock. Absolutely brilliant. You know, now that we've got the highest unemployment. Let me tell you what I think, Mr. Travis Wright. I'm optimistic. And, you know, whatever you think of Trump, he's out there saying we're going to come back. And I think what we're going to see has nothing to do with him or government at all. I think that when the, the hounds are unleashed, American ingenuity and go get this we're going to do some amazing things. And this economy is going to bounce back faster than any of these doom and gloomers are saying it is. I just feel in my bones very optimistic about it i think we're going to be fine and we're going to show the world what happens when you unleash this beast unleash the beast that's that's my dos centavos and i'm going to choose to look at the uh, the bright side not only that but we're going to have learned so much coming on the other side of this that we're going to be applying that. Okay, how do we fix this? You know, so we now have the supply of things that we need. You know, what do we need to manufacture here? For example, you know, for years I've manufactured this, my kaching button in yep. China. Yep. I, I'm, I'm not doing them anymore. Um, mm -hmm. I might manufacture them here, but I'm not sending. I'm not manufacturing overseas anymore. It's done. I would rather not make any money from doing it than you manufacture in china when the proof is out there that they lied to us and as a result this is where we got stuck mm -hmm. yeah i mean i would say this I, I remain optimistic but as time goes by you start getting more realistic it's just kind of i'll just go through the scenarios in my mind is saying okay we're pretty fortunate i would say there's a lot of folks out there who are less fortunate and when the less fortunate get at the end of their ropes, they start doing things they normally wouldn't do. And that's when it gets dangerous. So be careful out there, folks. We love you and we want you to stay around because we like you listening to our show. You know who else is optimistic, Mr. Travis, right? Who, who is that? Tim Draper. Tim Draper. Tim he's Draper. always optimistic. He's, you know, he's if there is a guy who I would say is a cheerleader for crypto and for Bitcoin and just always smiling, you know, uh, always willing to, to help and uh, and be optimistic um he says this is going to be a really interesting time where people say well why don't i just use bitcoin i know there's only 21 million of them and we don't have to worry about whether a government's diluting their currency by printing tons of it we can instead just use a currency we all agree on and it's all part of the economy and it's already frictionless and open and transparent and global he's like maybe this is you know paraphrasing maybe this is the time maybe this is 
Bitcoin and crypto's moments in the sun. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. You know, we did that. We, we did. So this is a timestamp. This is uh, April 10th. And um, as you know, this is episode 393. Episode 400 is right around the corner. We got John McAfee coming up on episode 400. And we actually chatted with him today. And, uh, you know, he had mentioned some other stuff. His take on Bitcoin is, which you know, you, everybody says, oh, the $1 million thing. He makes some really interesting things. You're going to want to tune into episode 400 when that comes in because he said some some pretty interesting stuff about his thoughts about Bitcoin and how it might be older technology. Also, we had the opportunity to interview Akon, the uh, the world famous rapper and his uh, his co-founder on Acoin. And that's going to be coming up here in an episode as well. Uh, now, we mentioned Coindesk earlier, and they put out good stories, too. Yeah, we like going to their site and seeing what they've got here. This story on Coindesk says that major crypto firms, including Binance, Civic, and Tron, are targeted in a flood of class action lawsuits. They were filed in New York last week, and basically they're alleging that the firms have sold crypto tokens to U.S. investors that were, in fact, unregistered securities. Yeah, this goes back to the whole thing is like, hey, you can only make money in investments if you have a million dollars already. You got to be an accredited investor to be able to make money in America. Okay, guys. And so this is a there's a litigation boutique, Roche, uh, Sorolnik Friedman, and uh, based, I guess, out of New York somewhere. And they are uh, they put this whole class action suit against these plaintiffs. So there's a lot of big projects that are in there, not only. Uh, Binance, you know, I think you mentioned some of them already. Bitmex, Tron, Civic, Block One. I mean, those are a lot. Those are a lot of Quantstamp, Bancor, KuCoin. Like those are some big projects, and uh, it's really interesting. So these have been brought. These suits have been brought on by a few individuals uh, who, you know, I'm just going to go out on a limb and call them douchebags. Is that cool? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the only ones who are going to win in a judgment are the attorneys anyhow. Mm. Class action suits are just the most ridiculous thing. I mean, you, everybody's been part of one and you get this tiny little check. AT&T is pleased to, you know, they settled their $50 million lawsuit. Here's your $12.38. I mean, mm. it's just they're ridiculous. Uh, now, a uh, an attorney by the name of Richard Levin He's a fintech attorney, said the complaints are likely to go to trial, and he doesn't think a court will dismiss the case, but he also doesn't think the courts are going to grant motions for a summary judgment either on behalf of the Platons or the defendants. In, in other words, they're going to have to fight their own battles, right? Each one of them is going to be different, and you're not going to see Tron and Civic and Block One and Buybox and all the rest of these going together in here. They're all going to have their own case and reasons why these are not unregistered securities which is going to drain their resources right some of them some of them are already a little iffy as well because i mean a lot a couple of those their prices are actually currently below what they were at their ico price so that's kind of kind of scary when you think about that so hopefully it all works out i mean those are some big crypto companies and again it just shows why america really is anti-innovation when it comes to the crypto space they don't want they don't want the investors to go into that they don't want anybody to deal with it because they have their own little ecosystem they try to protect and they're not trying to who are they protecting here like if i decided to put a hundred dollars or five hundred dollars or ten thousand dollars into something that's my prerogative i made an i made an educated investment on my or uneducated i mean but that's that's the whole point they're saying you know that people can be subject to scams and you got to protect grandma 
Uh, that's a huge difference, you know, between protecting the, the vulnerable and a grown ass adult that is, you know, responsible for their own decisions. But in the land of the free, home of the brave, except you can't use your own money on what you want, but you can go buy a load of lottery tickets if you want. That's cool. But meanwhile, that doesn't mean that government is ignoring it. Back to Cointelegraph, the government accountability office known as the GAO. Gow. Gow. They posted two job positions with their innovation lab concerning the development of prototype applications for blockchain technology in the month of March. So, you know, the, the government might want to exert control, but they're also, you know, looking how can they use blockchain for better transparency and security. Yeah, they're talking about using blockchain as a digital financial ledger. Who needs that more than the government, right? So much misspending happens. It's just unknown black holes of where money is. A lot of it's not tracked. A lot of it's not auditable. And here we are now, like we got a $2 trillion stimulus. Who knows how much of that's just going to disappear to crony capitalism, right? But they say the GAO has identified supply chain logistics and contract management as potentially useful applications for this. And the adoption of smart contracts and legislative branch could streamline many fundable governance processes. Streamline that stuff. Quit leaving all of this, all of these opportunities for some some corrupt people to siphon funds away unbeknownst to everyone else, right? That stuff happens. It's just amazing how how much graft and corruption happens unabated. So in the news, once again, is Vitalik, uh, Vitalik Buterin, the co-creator of the Ethereum network and Ethereum itself. And there's an article here in Cointelegraph. He picked the two worst bull and bear Bitcoin predictions ever made. Uh, did he post these on Twitter? Okay, so he's saying the worst one ever made was McAfee's prediction. And of course, you know, McAfee now says that that was a joke. And he talks more about that, actually, in the interview that will be coming up in episode 400. Mm-hmm. Badco.in forward slash 400, which does not exist yet. Right. What about the bearish predictions? Uh, so the bearish side, as expected, Bitcoin now crashes below 6,000. Now the 5,000 handle is reached, and the U.S. congressional hearing on crypto scams is still a day away. Hoddle nuts will hold their melting Bitcoins all the way down to zero while scammers and whales dump and run. That was by the prominent American economist uh, and critic of the crypto, Noriel Rubini. Yeah, he predicted that back in February 2018 when Bitcoin was hitting new multi-month lows, and it did collapse, what, all the way down to $3,800 from $20,000. So it was a pretty big crash, but he thought it was going to go all the way down to zero. He was wrong. Plus, how many people are on those Bitcoin obituaries? How many deaths of Bitcoin have happened so far? Like 400, maybe? Well, he's still saying this. Uh, Rubini is also saying that crypto still has absolutely no basis for success as a technology. I, I don't understand that at all how you come at that. I mean, I understand when people ask questions and they'll they'll erroneously state, well, it's not, you know, backed by anything. Okay, they don't understand what it takes to create a Bitcoin. That's explainable. But to say that that there's no basis for success as a technology, I just I don't know how you get there. Well, it is an older technology and it doesn't do smart contracts and some of the other stuff, but I mean it was it's the OG of crypto, right? So is he saying that all of crypto is going to yeah. fail? Yeah. He thinks all of crypto is going to fail. Well, come on. I mean, we know that's impossibility now when we know that paper money 
is dirty and gross and everybody's scared to touch anything now. Of course, crypto is going to be around in some way. Uh, it just might not be the decentralized way that we would hope. Probably some IMF or the World Bank or the Fed's going to come out with a mandatory digital asset that we must use and blah, blah, blah. Who knows? But it's going to be crypto in some way. And again, those privacy coins are most likely to be important as well as we move forward. You know, Travis, sometimes we use Zoom for our recordings and uh, we're actually going to be using Zoom webinars, which is secure for virtual blockchain week. Mm -hmm. And you are streaming from that. But there was some serious security flaws in uh, regular Zoom meetings because it turned out thousands of personal Zoom videos were left viewable on the open web. Yeah, so what do they do? They were just like scraping to find out which ones were open or whatever, or which URLs were because they do have a URL structure, right? That you could then just sort of go, are they open? Is this open? And then jump in. And then so it's kind of crazy. I think people were jumping in and thinking that it was like Chatrobate or whatever that one site was. Like they're like, well, people hey, welcome are- to your business meeting. <laughs> They're not uh, password protecting their rooms. And so anybody can come in and the way that regular Zoom meetings work, if you can get in, you're on camera, right? And you're in the chat room. And so there were people, you know, people literally showing their butts. (laughs) Literally with no clothes on. Hey, check me out here. Zoom, 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 you know. Um, (laughs) Zoom in on this. You know, I have an open room that we use frequently and you, you told me, hey, there's a password on it. So apparently Zoom automatically made it so that all rooms now have a password you actually have to put the password in the url or give it out to people to turn it off for existing rooms now so uh, but this just you know according to this article by our own crypto chick rachel wolfson on cointelegraph says that the zoom data scandal shows that blockchain may be the future of communications mm, very interesting yeah we should have her on. We should have had her on to chat about that. Literally. Well, maybe she'll talk about it during uh, Virtual Blockchain Week a little bit. Potentially, yeah. It's interesting because we are we are again using Zoom, but we're using the webinar version, as Joel just mentioned, way more secure. And then we're going to be streaming to a whole bunch of channels, but you're going to want to know which ones, and you don't know that unless you register. So, VirtualBlockchainWeek.com, go and do it now. There's um, a new one. Do you, uh, do you know uh, Jeff Pulver? Jeff's yeah, no, been, I know yeah. Jeff. Yeah, yeah, so he's been he's in the for a long time. He's, yeah. he's developing a blockchain-based communication network called Debrief. It's open source and it's built upon uh, communication applications using the security that blockchain can afford. Debrief encrypts user messages by default and also retains virtually no information from users, including messages and address books on its servers since they are centralized. Yeah, a video conferencing DApp. Very cool. That sounds interesting. I, I'd love to check that out. That sounds kind of badass. Yo, Jeff, well, send send uh, homie uh, access. Let's check it out. Yeah, we'll get, a, we'll get him on. A, we'll get him on a future show. All right, here's some here's some news from CNBC. Uh, there's no guarantee this is fake or not. We're just going to let you know. Uh, Chime, which is a company, they're a, a U.S. digital bank startup. They have found a way to work with the U.S. government. It looks like to deliver those $1,200 stimulus checks to users instantly after they uh, after they did some chatting with, with Mark Cuban. So they are working a way for the, uh, to deliver those, those stimulus checks instantly weeks before the government is expected to send any of those payments. And that is interesting for Chime. 
People need the money now, though. No, no, no. They'll get it in a couple, two, three, four weeks, five weeks, if, sometime maybe if June. We had crypto, right? Boom. All right, everybody's going to get it. They go out in the blockchain and airdrop the, you know, the money to everybody's wallet. Boom. Yeah. And then they can go to the store and uh, and be, you know, not socially distanced because there's so many people in the darn store. Get their toilet paper, right? Get get their their fried chicken and uh, be set for the week because that's all you really need is toilet paper and fried chicken. That's true. You know what's interesting is that last year. They were in the first quarter, they were Chime was valued at about 1.5 billion. And then at the end of the year, they were valued at about 6 billion. So they are definitely growing. U.S. Digital Bank, I've never used them. I've heard of them and, and, and checked them out, but I've never actually gone in and set, set up an account. It should be interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into that a little further and see how, uh, how advantageous it can be. But man, that's pretty crazy how yeah. they've grown. It might also be advantageous to do your trading online. And one of the apps that we've recommended you do that with is eToro. You can build a diversified portfolio with 14 of the world's most popular cryptocurrencies. They've been doing this for more than a decade, and they are the world's leading social trading network with millions of registered users and a full array of innovative trading and investment tools, including the copy trader functionality. That's something I've not seen anywhere else. You can automatically copy trades of top crypto traders. You just copy the smart money. Zero commission, social trading, instantly know your profit and loss by total portfolio or individual assets. No hidden fees, low spreads, no commissions. Check them out today. Go to badco.in forward slash eToro. That's badco.in forward slash eToro. E-T-O-R-O. That's how you spell it, in case you didn't know. Also from Cointelegraph, Mr. Joel Com, the U.S. court postpones the sentencing for OneCoin crypto scam co-founder. So OneCoin was a project that really sort of came and went really before we even started the show in 2000. What was it like? It was founded in 2014. And, and I guess they did. They were fully operational until 2019, but a lot of people knew that it was a scam. And apparently they, they raised nearly 4 billion euros in this Ponzi scheme. And uh, following that, there was a, there was an arrest with a uh, Konstantin Ignatov, who was the brother and accomplice of the one coin co-founder, Ruja Ignatova, who was the crypto queen, and it was originally set for April 8th uh, for Ignatov's uh, sentencing, but that will now take place in July. $4 billion. You think you might have been able to get yourself a fake ID and move somewhere? <laughs> one coin! Wanna, 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 wanna. <laughs> one connect! One coin, not good. Also, on the other side of the world, this story on Coin Telegraph: the Ru- Russian darknet criminals sold thirteen million dollars of fake cash for crypto. It's kind of like a a reverse crypto scam, right there. Wow. Yeah. So apparently, these perpetrators were operating a currency counterfeiting scheme, and they were printing these fake the fake money under the Bank of Russia. And I've actually seen. I actually have some in my stash, Russian money, and it doesn't look like it would be too hard to fake that with the right technology. It doesn't rubles. It does not have rubles. Yeah, the rubles do not have uh, like security features like we have with the where you hold it up to the light and you see the little strip and you see the little hologram. Like it's it's just basically cotton paper for the most part. And so they were printing up all these fake fake rubles and um, and selling them online for crypto. And 
Wow. Report outlines crime group has been active for a year, selling fake Russian rubles on Darknet in exchange for cryptocurrency exclusively. And then they take their crypto to buy drugs. First spotted in Republic of Tatarstan. Is it? There's a a not Tartar Tatarstan. I never heard of that. The uh, fake. This is one of the little regions. This is one of the little regions. It's near Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan and Travistan. Travistan. They've spread to dozens of regions in Russia. Uh, According to the report, small batches of counterfeit currencies were sold for thirty percent of their nominal value, while bank bulk fake notes starting from 6500 were offered for just 10 to 15%. This is the first case of its kind in the country. Mm. Well, please, no, please do watch all the stands for the fake monies. Yeah, no that's just crazy. Like, yeah, so watch out if people are selling money online at a discount, who does that? Who do, like Didn't uh, Eminem have a song stand about the the fan stand yeah, the fan stand fan stand he's from stanistan yeah fan he's from stan. <laughs> all right uh, from russia to their neighbors in china a story here says that most of the blockchain firms that closed in 2019 were crypto scams or had deficient business models research sent to cointelegraph by chinese think tank equal ocean suggests that most blockchain-based chinese businesses that halted their activity last year had major flaws over 70 projects and it says among them, 70% of the projects reported they did not survive their first year and 30% did not last six months. So, yeah, a lot of those were, were crypto exchanges, digital wallets, decentralized applications. Also, they also were using multi-level marketing. And uh, so that a lot of people probably got hurt on that. And there are some scammers out here, man. It's like the, it's not good. People out there trying One to take advantage of Hey, Mr. Travis Wright, you and I have both been fans of Crypto.com. Even though they are a sponsor of the show, we actually dig the product. And uh, they're doing something good right now in the world, given the state of the economy. Yeah, I don't, you know what? I don't even use my regular bank card now. I'm, I'm mostly using this because I love that it's touchless. And there's so many different things that you can do. And it's the, the features with the with the card combined with the app, very handy. There's so many different there's so many different coins you can buy. And like I can I literally can buy a coin with multiple other coins and have no fees. So I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just saying, damn, it's really handy. And they have just announced that they're waiving the credit card fee for crypto purchases. And so if you are interested in using a credit card or whatever to buy your crypto, then they're gonna waive all those fees. Also, they have a deal where they're giving back 20% on essential purchases like food, groceries, deliveries. And then what they do is they actually pay back in their, uh, they have two different tokens. They have the MCO and they have the CRO token. So they pay you back in uh, the MCO tokens and uh, pretty handy stuff. So they're actually doing, so they're doing this beginning today, which I think was a couple of days ago. And for all of April, May, and June, they're going to be offering all of those different measures to provide support for the impact of the global uh, pandemic that we're experiencing. Also good, sir, our friends at Upland. 
continue to innovate the game for mobile, the property trading game powered by the EOS blockchain. They now have an Easter egg hunt going on, and it's tied into them opening up JFK Airport in New York. You know, right, the game has been focused on the San Francisco uh, Bay Area, and then they opened up SFO to be able to own parcels there, and pretty soon people will be able to go through SFO to JFK and begin purchasing virtual properties in New York City. Yeah, pretty handy. So they're going to be opening up. And then whenever they, I believe they said they had some properties, like some things that are being sold or whatever in New York, they're going to be doing some interesting things to actually um, give back to people in New York who are are needing some things. So I don't know exactly the details behind all that, but that's it's, it's going to be pretty handy. Yep. Check them out. Badco.in forward slash Upland. Look for mine and Travis's big bouncing block explorer heads in the game. You can't miss us. You'll be like, oh, how do I get a big head like that? And then we'll know. <laughs> well, you got to wear big hats. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, thanks for listening. It's a, a slower news week, and, and that's okay because there's enough going on in the real world. Um, it's nice to see Bitcoin just kind of, you know, hanging in the space here. Of course, by the time the episode comes out, anything goes impossible to know. Hey, we'd love to hear from you guys as well. Travis, what is our uh, bad crypto hotline for people to call in and say, hey? Yeah, if you guys want to give us a call, we'd love to have some guests from our fans. We'd love to have you guys talking to us. We can, because what this does when you call in, it actually gives us a little recording that we can download and play on the show. So maybe give us a heads up. Tell us what you want. Tell us some things, some projects you want to talk about or some uh, some different thoughts or feedback. That number is 708-885-9030. Just give us a call. Leave us a message, you know, 60 seconds or less. Tell us what's up. and Maybe we'll put you on the show. Leave me a massage. I need a massage. It's been a, a long time. God, but, I could use one too. I'm like, my back is so, so out of whack. Social my back distancing. is out of whack. My back is out of whack. How about a virtual massage? Those don't work. Those don't, I don't think those will work. Lots of great content coming your way soon, gang. And so stay tuned. Be sure to subscribe, share, and review. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Until then, stay back. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.